rebuilding the self. Now, this is a messy process. It is not easy to rebuild yourself. And another phrase that I like to use is to grow into. So a lot of us have come from dysfunctional families, okay? This is one general theme. Very rarely does someone end up in an abusive relationship uh, if they grew up in a healthy family dynamic. It does happen if you're vulnerable. Most of the time that we came from dysfunction. And so we talked about cycle breaking, right? And part of rebuilding is growing into the person that we are, that we could have become already if we grew up in healthy relationships. So by this, I mean, we've developed those maladaptive survival behaviors. We developed all of these things to keep us safe that also generally kept us smaller or kept us in conflict or kept us afraid. And because of that, we never grew, right? So it's like we were put into this mold and we couldn't ever grow past the limits of that mold. And now that we're free, or as you're building yourself because you're going to be free, what you're doing is you're growing past all of these limitations that were present before. You are growing into the person you could have become. And so I talked to the last episode I did about how it's been, it's been really rough lately, okay? And I am, I am two and a half years, over two and a half years past my leaving point, right? And I have been gradually and steadily growing into the person that I am becoming. I am rebuilding my life. I am taking risk. I am pushing forward. I am working toward the things that I want in life. And at first <laughs> I had all the resistance from my ex and dealing with the church drama and the people drama, right? But like outside of that in school and work, I had issues with my last job, right? Cause they asked me to do something unethical and I was like, no, and then problems. Okay. But again, that was me growing into the person that I've become be being bold enough to say like, no, this isn't okay. And um, recently entered my school realm. And up to this point, I haven't had to deal with it in that realm because the person that I'm growing into has experienced a lot of acceptance from my school and my professors and people there. And so all of a sudden I'm getting all of this resistance and I was tempted, I did, I did. This is my confession time. I'm talking about shame resilience. I'm gonna do probably a whole series just on building shame resilience because I wish I would have heard about this when I first left, okay? But I had this professor who tried to shame me into my place and I legit like so desperately want the information in this class. And so like, I want to respect this professor and I want to glean from her that I legitimately went straight back to my maladaptive survival behavior of submission. And I tried to submit to avoid the conflict or fix the conflict because originally I was the one who misstepped, right? And then like apologized. And then I just immediately tried to submit, right? It didn't work. <laughs> Apparently, um, I have a theory building that you can be so far into your growth process that you just can't go back because the person you're becoming is so far removed from that person. So the way in which I'm willing to ask questions, the boldness that I have now to want to help people, to learn as much as I can, to ask questions, to speak up, to not make myself smaller, because that was my survival skill, submission, being quiet, obedience, all of those things made me smaller, which made me safer in maladaptive environments. And now that I'm growing into the person that I'm becoming, <laughs> I'm building myself, those don't fit anymore. And that's a really, really good thing. It means I am becoming bolder, but I'm still respectful. It means that I am doing these things, but now I'm getting some serious kickback from people from when I'm speaking up. And like I said, my temptation, I immediately, like it's so embarrassing. I immediately tried to go back to the person that I was. I immediately tried to submit. And 
gosh, I don't know if there's another way I could have acted. It's still too fresh, okay? And I don't really like sharing things when they're super fresh because I have not yet been able to like use my hindsight to go over them and like pick and like really build the theory around that situation, okay? For now, just know. I went back to a maladaptive survival behavior and I regret it because it didn't fix it. And I guess I feel a little ashamed of myself, which we're building shame resiliency. So I'll talk about it, share my vulnerability, and then I'll move forward. But like, I hate that all it took was one person challenging me. And honestly, this is why, because I made a mistake. In this other class, I've had issues with the professor. It's not a mistake that I've made. Okay, she, <laughs> I mean, she's coming for me now, but it's not a mistake that I made. But this other professor, I made a mistake. I asked a question about diversity in a way that centered myself and I shouldn't have. Um, but because I had one wrong move, because I did one thing wrong, I was then taking on the responsibility emotionally of all of the consequences and what she responded with, where her response was not equal to the situation, just like an abuse, just like how we might make one mistake, but then abusers will tell you like, oh, it's all your fault. You did all the things wrong. And, and because we did one thing wrong, we, we take it. And we take responsibility for things that are not our fault. And so I found myself with this professor trying to submit. And part of that submission was being the scapegoat of being like, well, I did make a mistake, so they can do this. And that's when I had this thought of like, no, Michaela, I know you tried to submit and it, it just got worse. Um, she re repeated the action to try to shame me into my place. And so what I did trying to go back to maladaptive survival behaviors, one didn't work because I'm not that person anymore. Two, I started trying to take scapegoat responsibility and it's not our position and the person that we're going into to take responsibility for people's wrong overreactions, even when we make mistakes. And this is the hard part because if you do that, your family probably did that to you. And I was like the ultimate scapegoat for my family. And so for me to grow into this person that I'm becoming, I have to choose not to take on that responsibility that does not belong to me. Making the mistake and getting the initial correction, that's on me. The additional shaming to try to put me in my place, that is not for me. That has nothing to do with me. All that does is reveal something about her. And it's hard because I felt it triggering all of these leftover pieces from abuse that I thought had healed, but I'm realizing here in this professional environment, here at school, like this can still get under my skin. This can still tempt me to go back to maladaptive behaviors. So this is when we grow. This is when I talk about we are growing into who we are becoming. We're not sitting there handling it the way we would have or like how I tried that at first. And I had to be like, no, you're done. So how did I grow through that? I said, you don't owe her anything to myself. Okay, I didn't have this conversation. Um, but I took this with both of my professors. I took this with the people from Church of the Men gossiping. That's a whole nother episode. I'm not going into that one this time. Um, I took responsibility for my action and I did learn from it. The moment I had correction, I was like, oh, put my foot in my mouth, I shouldn't have done that. I'll watch for that in the future. So one, I did take responsibility for my part and then I'm learning and growing from it. And that's part of learning and growing is making those mistakes. But shame never taught us anything. Shame has never taught a single person a single good lesson in their life. So all the rest of her overreaction gets to stay with her. It has nothing to do with me. And what I told myself is this, is I don't owe her anything. So if you have an issue with taking responsibility for too much and acting like a scapegoat, what you say is, I don't owe them anything. 
So all that you ever owe to someone is just to be respectful in daily life. I have given her that respect. Even when she shamed me, I was still respectful. I am not gonna give her an actual reason to come for me, okay? So even this professor that is actively coming for me, I have been relentlessly respectful in my communication with her and keeping track and documenting my communication with her. So that's another thing. If you have a problem person, document everything about the interaction. Where did I learn that? Oh, from my ex, <laughs> okay? That's how I learned to document everything. In your situation, if you're still in the abuse, if you're leaving and you're having toxic co-parenting, document everything. You can be respectful. And like when I texted my ex and I had to do this and still to this day, I asked myself, if my text messages went for it before a judge, would I be looked at as a sane, put together person? Or would it look emotional? Would it look like I was a little unhinged? Would it look like I was throwing, and, and this is not because you actually are, it is because we live in a patriarchal society who likes to accuse women of being emotional. So I made sure that all of my communication with him that I kept documentation of, I was not emotional. I was not just saying how I felt. I kept it very analytical. I kept it to the point of what I was talking about and I didn't respond to him. I was just respectful. And I did that for me. Would it have been nice to go off and tell him all the things I thought? You better believe it. Um, but I knew that that would be really detrimental to me in the future, possibly detrimental to my children. So I kept my crap together. I stayed respectful and moved on. So here we are now. And I'm dealing with this with other people because these lessons help us to continue to grow, okay? And so here I am continuing to grow and I'm just kind of stuck for a moment and having to admit that I didn't realize that this could feel so challenging. I thought when I got through the abuse, then I was like, oh, freedom. But I have to acknowledge that a lot of the behaviors that I had, maladaptive survival behaviors, that left me vulnerable to an abusive person would have impacted every area of my life. So I don't even know how many times I would have submitted pe to people who were awful to me because it's what I did to survive. I couldn't tell you how many times I put up with stuff I shouldn't have, how many times I would have worked harder to get someone like these professors to like me because they didn't like me. And now I just tell myself, I don't owe them anything. So I don't owe them an explanation for my behavior. I don't owe them anything extra. I don't owe them behavior to try to get them to like me. I owe them nothing except the work that is due for that class. So I actually took a huge step back because as I've said before, like these are two classes that I really wanted to learn about. I really wanted to know this material. So I wanted to dig in, I wanted to soak it up. I wanted to ask the questions. I have now taken that an entire step back. I will not ask questions in these classes unless it's something for an assignment that like you have to know for an assignment. So I'm, I'm sad. Okay, I am sad because the one class is on family policy. And so that's like public assistance, everything that I've had to apply for, how to work for policy change, how to like build the research. That is vital because when we leave abuse, there are so few resources available to us. And we experience the shame and we experience the assistance program and I wanna change it. So I want this class and my other class is about diversity. And so any community of people that are being discriminated against, families that suffer discrimination, like these are things I'm passionate about and families that I want to eventually be able to help because guess what? We all intersect in the area of abuse. So many of us have suffered abuse. 
and I am so passionate about this and I want to learn everything I can. It is literally bothering me to have to now sit back in these classes and not push to learn. But why was I pushing to learn? Because I wasn't learning everything I wanted to anyway. That's why I'm asking the questions. I'm specific about wanting practical application because I don't want to just learn material that I store in my mind. I want to apply what I'm learning. So I'm going to ask questions about how to apply it in real life. And now I have to sit back. And that's sad. It's sad that I'm paying for a college education, that I have classes that are very important and this is my experience. My other two classes are going well, but these two, it's been awful. And so I'm taking that step back. I don't owe them anything and I don't owe them the good in me. And my cousin, she's so freaking sweet and I love her so much. Um, my cousin Cena was like, Michaela, you know, sometimes you're just gonna rub people the wrong way because you're special. <laughs> like, you're so cute. And she was like, no, I'm serious, Michaela. They will be annoyed by the special because you shine too bright. And then they will try to find a way. She's like, maybe this professor was just waiting for you to miss that so she could come for you. And I was like, you know, how many times have you been in an abusive relationship and your abuser waits until you smile or you're excited about something or happy about something and then they try to crush it? And then they tell you later, oh, I didn't do that because they like to gaslight you, right? We have these moments where we don't recognize that our passion, our desire, our good, our special is shining so brightly. And that, yeah, there are some people that are going to team up with you and be like, that's awesome. Let's work together. Let's use this. And then there are other people, it's going to drive them nuts. And they're going to be so annoyed by you. And all I could think of is, I think it's Emmett from the Lego movie, how he's like so cute, but he looks really naive, but he's really special. It's like, you have the special. But everyone makes fun of him because he uses his special to make double-decker couches and silly things like that, which eventually his abilities come in handy. And he's like the hero, one of the heroes of the story, right? But everyone kind of dislikes him on principle for that. And it doesn't mean that he wasn't special. It just means that people chose to be annoyed with him instead. Everyone gets to choose their reaction to you. I have people who immediately rub me the wrong way and I am still respectful to them because I know sometimes it's a personality difference. Sometimes it's my own issue, right? If it's in any way reminds me of my ex, that might be a personal issue, okay? So what I am doing is cultivating the person that I want to become. And this is kind of awesome because now, now that I'm out of the dysfunction, now that I'm out of the abuse, now that I'm not around my family because I'm breaking that cycle, I get to choose who I want to become based on who I already am. So I'm not just going to suddenly be like, oh, I should be someone completely, totally different than I am. What I am doing is growing into the person I would have become if my growth had not been stunted by dysfunctional, abusive relationships. And so in this becoming, I'm getting to choose the good that I'm growing into. I'm getting to focus on my strengths. And before, when I was a child, when I was in abuse, I was just reacting, responding, surviving. Now I'm getting to cultivate. Now I'm getting to prune and to grow. And it's beautiful, but it's also hard because <laughs> I did not realize there would be so much resistance, right? And so here I am experiencing all of this resistance, experiencing all the things. And it hurt my feelings, but I'm also moving forward because I deserve respect. In professional spaces, regardless of mistakes that I made, I still deserve respect. And you're gonna learn this and you're growing into this. You deserve respect in the places that you interact, in your work, if you're going to school, with your family. So with my kids, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you don't have to like some of the things I say, but you do respect me and love me. And I respect and love you. And we have a culture of respect in my family. And so what we're doing is we are definitely building 
and cultivating this person that we're becoming and it's beautiful. It's just a hard journey. And I am naively, <laughs> I, I, not now, I'm now admitting that I naively expected other people to then like join this journey with me and just be excited. Not be like, this special annoys me. Okay. <laughs> but this is how some people will react to you. And it doesn't mean because you know, with my maladaptive survival behaviors, yes, I am backing down in these classes. So I'm not asking the questions. But my temptation was not just to back down in these classes, it was to become quiet everywhere to protect myself. Because you see, submitting, being quiet, that was my survival behavior. That was maladaptive survival and abusive relationships and dysfunctional dynamics. And so I was tempted just to completely just become quiet because this person I become, <laughs> I have no shame about speaking up or asking questions or boldly just being like, let's talk about this hard thing. And I love this person that I'm becoming, but now because I had this resistance, especially I think with school, because this is where I'm learning what I want to go into workforce, help, right? And I was like, second guessing myself, like, should I, am I too much now? Like, am I talking too much? Am I too loud? Am I too fill in the blank? And before, like when I was in my abusive relationship, I would just make myself smaller. Cause that's easier, right? And so I had to like work on a couple mindsets at the same time. So one, I'm not going to be speaking up in these classes, but that is not because I'm quiet. It's because I know that what I say is not respected there. And I, as a human being, am not respected there. So they don't get the good. Okay. They don't get the special. They don't get the good ideas. They don't get to hear my perspective. They don't get to hear about my personal experience. Even if it ties into the class, they don't get the good that I have to offer because I am not respected there. And I don't owe anyone my good or my perspective or what I enjoy. So I'm not becoming quiet. I am choosing to protect and respect myself in a place where I am not being respected. And then on the other side, I am having to then actively continue to speak up in the areas I already have been because it's good. Because this is an important part of my growth because that person that I'm becoming, that aspect of myself is beautiful and it is special. <laughs> You're gonna be giggling all week about the special. But really look for your special. Look for what it is about you that, yeah, some people I might drive them nuts. <laughs> my cousin was like, Christina, I thought I had golden retriever energy. And she's like, Michaela, not everyone likes golden retrievers. Some people get really annoyed by the amount of energy they have. And I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> I just thought everybody loved them, okay? <laughs> um, and so some people won't like you as you're growing into who you're growing into. And that's okay too. Rebuilding is not rebuilding yourself into a form and a personhood that will be more people pleasing for others. Rebuilding is growing into the person you would have become if you had not been trapped and molded by dysfunction and abuse. And so I want you to grow so freely. I want you to find your special things about you and cultivate them and build them and grow into that person with boldness. And like I said, this is my trade is yes, I have become more bold. I'm speaking up when I feel like I need to, but I'm respectful when I do it. Like that's the trade is like, yeah, I'm becoming bold, but I'm going to temper that by being respectful. But I'm not gonna go back to being submissive. I was tempted, <laughs> so tempted. Um, but I don't need these teachers, these professors like me. I don't need people in other areas of life to like me. And I'm not gonna become more quiet so they become more comfortable. I'm just going to choose the spaces that are safe for me to bring the special things about me to the forefront. And then in other areas, I will just be able to say, I'm not respected here. I am not bringing that part of myself. I don't owe you anything. 
But I mean, I won't actually say that to them. That's just how I will set myself up. And that's identifying this is a safe place and this isn't. And that is so good for me. And it would be good for you because we were giving the best of ourselves to everyone, no matter what they did with it and how they treated us. And now I only give the special parts of me to the people that are respectful, to the people that appreciate it because I don't owe myself or the good parts of me to anyone and neither do you. So this is your sign to keep on growing into the person that you're becoming, to love yourself, to find out what your cute little special attributes are and then to grow into them. And just know that I am so proud of you and you are not alone.